How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. Welcome back to another edition of Locked on Bucks presented by BrewHoop.com. I'm Frank Madden joined by Eric Name, and we are grinding to the end of our positional preview week. We have reached Friday. We have reached the centers. Uh, we're recording this on Tuesday night slash Wednesday morning. We're, we're just grinding right now, Eric. Are you, uh, do you have your, your cup of coffee uh, to get through this final position? Um, if by cup of coffee you mean a framed picture of Matthew Delvadova on the wall in front of me, that's that's what I'm trying to embody right now. The grit that Delhi would have is what I'm trying to bring <laughs> to this podcast. Excellent. Uh, wish you would have mentioned that on our Monday point guard podcast, but you didn't really you didn't really need grit to get through that one. Oh, well, that I didn't have the picture one. up at that time. I, yeah, I wasn't exactly. that committed to getting through that podcast. I was in a good mindset there but now i'm just grinding yeah so we kind of complain through <laughs> some of these podcasts because doing Us? them in is no yeah because doing them in isolation was a little bit weird because you know at point guard delhi and mcw can theoretically defend twos and is malcolm brogdon a one or a two is jason T- oh area one or a two so point guard shooting guard was a little bit kind of, you know, fluid, let's say. And then the small forward and power forward spots are nece- necessarily fluid as well. And they're also weird because, you know, you, there's there's no real... The, the ironic part is there's no real, other than Chris Middleton, there's no real kind of swing man on this roster. Um, and, and, you know, if... Uh, Xavier Henry was not coming off a torn Achilles, then maybe we'd be dreaming of him making the roster uh, as as a backup, something or other who can who can be a swingman. But uh, anyway, kind of some some weird, quirky stuff going on with the Bucks lineups. But at center, um, you know, we did talk a little bit about potentially some some Thon Maker minutes, maybe at some point this year. But for the most part, you've got three big men. They're centers, and that's basically all they are so eric i'll kick it to you miles Plumley, greg monroe john henson we're giving you the keys to the car who is your starter on opening night i'm gonna go with john henson and i think that's a bit of a surprise um, controversy controversy indeed but my thought process behind john henson is i think he's the best defensive center out of anyone on the roster um, that's I think I think that's I think that's pretty clear. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I, if I want to say it's indisputable fact, but it's pretty it's pretty close. Um, he's, he's not. Let's let's say this. It's disputable that he's a great defensive center. Right. There's correct. some metrics which you'll I'm sure quote me suggesting one or the other. Uh, but clearly better than Greg Monroe. And, you know, I just don't think we haven't really seen clear defensible goodness on the defensive end from Miles Plumey. So I, I buy into that, that John Henson is the best defensive center on the Bucks. So with that being said, John Henson is the best defensive center on the Bucks. 
and I think the rest of the offense can can be fine. I I really enjoyed that there was a stretch there when Middleton was really starting to feel himself as a pick and roll player. He had very good chemistry with John Henson. Um, you'll remember, I think it was overtime game against Atlanta or one of the two games in at, against Atlanta where Middleton really went off and Henson was getting touches and making pocket passes and just doing crazy stuff. And he really got himself into a groove there. And as again, throughout this summer, I've kind of mentioned that, okay, well maybe Monroe isn't moving and you just signed up miles Plumley. Maybe the most movable piece is John Henson. And as a way to encourage that, I want to, again, I'm sure he might not end up deserving the role of starting center because for some reason it seems like every coach he's ever had wants to bench him. Um, But I want to give him the starting role. I want to see him play well. Hopefully the defense does well. Hopefully he can do some things offensively. Let him go for about 20 games and then ship him out of town. And and then I'd be happy. Um, so so that is that is my reasoning behind John Henson. So best defensive center, and <laughs> it would make the Bucks the Bucks future look a lot better to me if John Henson was shipped off for a useful piece. <laughs> so I did not expect you to call for John Henson to start, but I also didn't expect you to be so cold blooded as to use it purely <laughs> as a trade showcase. Um. Yeah, Henson's interesting. I mean, I always say I I hope one day hope to understand if John Henson is good or not, which is weird to say of the longest tenured player on your team at this point. Uh, uh but I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of funny. I think back to uh, I guess it was I think December of his second season when he had basically like a a fifteen and ten month. And he put up, had a bunch of big games. I think Larry Sanders was hurt at the time. And it was kind of like this feeling of John Henson coming of age. All right, all right. He's got this, right? And, uh, you know, it just, just kind of never came. So, I, you know, it'd be one of those things. I would love it if John Henson showed up and uh, went, you know, crazy in camp and, and won the starting spot somehow and, and you know made Greg Monroe and Miles Plumlee come off the bench but uh, yeah I, 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 will, I will argue and, and you know Henson I think he's legitimately become as good a defender as people were hoping he'd become early in his career when maybe he was a little overrated defensively uh, it seems like the offense though just somehow like he has this toxic effect on the offense which is weird because you know, you don't need some dynamic playmaker or something like that. You don't need your center to be spacing the floor. And yet, for whatever reason, the last couple of years, the Bucks' offense has been terrible when he's been on the court. So, I don't know. It, obviously, as you said, uh, you hope that you can lean on the other guys to take care of that, and, and that would be the thesis. I, I would say I want to see Miles Plumley start, um, and I'll tell you why. He's the best pick-and-roll finisher on the team by a mile. He's uh, among higher volume guys, the best uh, statistically via synergy, the best pick and roll finisher in the entire league last year. We saw I don't know how many alley oops from from Giannis and even Jabari to uh, John or I was going to say Steve Novak and then John Henson, uh, but maybe I'll get to the whole roster here eventually. But no, Miles Plumley, uh, <laughs> you know he's a guy who uh, defensively, you know. Uh, 
he hasn't really put it all together in Milwaukee. He is more of a highlight reel guy. We love the volleyball blocks. <laughs> uh, we don't love the more subtle stuff. He's a solid rebounder, but hasn't been great. Uh, but I think in terms of an athletic guy who can you know, come in and be an energy guy, uh, be a Gadzarichian type guy in a not terrible way, uh, I think I think Miles does bring something. Uh, he's got a a surprisingly decent little lefty hook. You know, I feel like we every time it goes in, we act surprised, but it, it actually goes in a fair fair bit. And uh, you know, a guy who will do whatever you want him to do will stay out of the way. Will you know basically play off ball, be available for lobs, and and obviously he can use his athleticism to do stuff. And uh, besides, I mean, we complained so much about his damn contract this summer that I feel like we deserve at least to see him in some prominent role uh, and and feel like the Bucks are at least getting some value out of it, right? So just uh, start him. I don't know, start him. What what say you? You can you think of a good reason not to start Miles Plumley? Can I think of one? reason um, <laughs> can, can can you not think of many uh maybe <laughs> no um i think the defensive questions are obviously um kind of they've been my sticking point on miles plumley for a while where i'm just not sold that he's a good defender i don't even know if he's an average defender he's probably an average defender i feel okay saying that but I definitely don't feel good saying he's a good defender. Um, and maybe he doesn't need to be. I, in our power forward discussion, we talked about Giannis being the roamer and the guy that kind of just runs around and blocks shots. And maybe that's fine if, if Miles Plumley can be the position guy, kind of like Zaza used to, and Giannis can come in and clean up the messes. Maybe maybe that all works out. Um, but, man, that's it's kind of a scary thing. But, yeah, I sadly the reason of yours that resonated with me most besides his cool pick and role play um which is is definitely there was man i've had to deal with this contract all summer just start him like i i don't want to complain about it anymore <laughs> like just start him um but what i'm gonna do instead is i'm going to counter with saying the buck should start greg monroe and the reasoning behind that is, I believe, if I've looked at my statistics correctly, that after the All-Star, do you have a do you have a stat for like Greg Monroe's grumpiness coefficient if he's not starting? Is that <laughs> is that what's going on? Well, I've been working on that all summer. I'm not finished with that one yet. Um, but I am looking at some numbers, and I look at I believe the Bucks' most used lineup. Uh, after the All-Star break features Greg Monroe. Um, I believe it played 253 minutes. Um, Scored a ton of points. It did. Its offensive rating was 111.4. So they filled it up, and that was Giannis, Jared Bayless, Chris Middleton, Greg Monroe, and Jabari Parker. Uh, They filled it up. Uh, unfortunately they didn't play a lot of defense um so <laughs> they they gave up 110.7 but that's as you can tell a net rating of 0.7 so part of me almost thinks again the the cynical cold-hearted person in me oh, says, you're gonna do it again i'm gonna do it again let's you're gonna do it again let's let him go out there let's let him score a lot of points let's let him show off a little bit and show the league 
Greg Monroe is valuable. If you didn't believe it when we were sending you uh, all caps text messages throughout the offseason, if you didn't believe it when we told you in press conferences how valuable Greg Monroe was and that he still had valuable, uh, or that he still had value and that he was still a good NBA center, if you didn't believe any of those things, here he is. He's putting on a show just for you. He can be your post score guy that comes off the bench and scores. I don't know if efficiently is the right word, but he scores. Um, and he can be that for you playoff contender or other team that wants a center, uh, that might not necessarily be fit for quote unquote modern basketball. Um, and once you believe that I'll trade you and I'm not really, I don't really care what I get. Um, so yeah, I I went there again, and uh, that that's my Greg Monroe story. We're gonna score, we'll score, and it's, it'll be so cool, Frank. Like if if I'm coaching, we're gonna score a ton every single game because of it. Yeah, but it's not gonna look nearly as cool as if Miles Plumley is dunking. But I can understand, especially given that you're just sort of putting Greg Monroe in the shop window. Um, he'll no doubt be less grumpy there than if you're bringing him off the bench even if you're playing him good minutes um the what i would counter with uh is it's weird because Plumley had really underwhelming kind of on off ratings overall last season but if you look at his post all-star break period and you look at like uh, i think i've got like the top 20 bucks lineups here um two-man combinations and it's like bizarre because Plumlee's even his his on off ratings after the All Star break were not great, and yet the first kind of big positive one I see is Giannis and Miles Plumlee plus five point two points per one hundred. The next one I see that's a even bigger number: Chris Middleton and Miles Plumlee. That's plus nine point three points per one hundred. And then a couple spots down, even Tyler Ennis and Miles Plumlee were plus four point four in two hundred seventy two minutes. So. It just seemed like something happened when Miles Plumley got out on the court with guys after the All-Star break last season. And I don't know if it's sustainable. Uh, even if it is sustainable, his contract probably isn't tradable, let's be honest. Um, but on the flip side, I think it is interesting, too, with Monroe because it's almost like what would have to happen, what would Greg Monroe have to do on a basketball court to actually be you know, valuable as a trade asset in the NBA again. Is there like, like what, if you could say like one thing, like, you know, statistically or qualitatively or whatever, um, what would it have to happen? You know, what would, what would Greg Monroe have to show people? Cause he was really good offensively last year. He basically was the old Greg Monroe who lots of teams seem to want in the summer. And yet now we're sitting here and the consensus is, yeah, yeah, people are just over Greg Monroe. Is there something that, that you'd actually think, okay, if Greg Monroe does X, then some team will give up Y. I mean, the obvious the obvious answer is defense, but I, I'm going to kind of just punt on that because I, I don't really think that's that's a possibility at this point. I, I think we've seen that his feet aren't quick enough. Um, his maybe willingness to play defense isn't strong enough. Um, his I don't even. I can't even say for sure that it's a willingness to play defense because he appears to try hard and maybe he just doesn't comprehend the system. Maybe the system is bad for him in Milwaukee, whatever it is. I don't know if the defense is going to work, but if a, a simpler switch that I think is more possible would be just being a willing passer 
And, and I think that's one thing that I've talked with people uh, throughout the summer about Greg Monroe is when people think of Greg Monroe as unattractive, what's so unattractive about him? And it's like, oh, well, he doesn't play defense, which is which is true. But also offensively, I think we all imagined a world where Greg Monroe was going to get elbow touches. The Bucks were going to run back doors all over the place. He was going to thread awesome bounce passes in, and Middleton, Jabari, and Giannis were going to get dunks. And I remember that I think it was the preseason game in Madison. There was one where ball goes to the elbow. Middleton makes a nice little shimmy cut off him. Monroe drops a nice little bounce pass baseline, and Middleton throws down a two hand jam. And I think during that game, every Bucks fan said, "Oh my God." This might actually work. Like, this could be a real thing. He could just be a a destructive force at the elbow. We 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 could effectively actually kind of negate the fact that Jabari and Giannis can't shoot. We can just send him off cuts off of Monroe, and he'll make these passes. And that willingness to pass seemed to disappear as the season went on. And as it disappeared, so did kind of the cool plays that you'd see them use and uh, the spacing that his pass, passing could create. That that all kind of disappeared. So I think, again, defense is the obvious answer to your question, but I think that door is kind of closed at this point. So a more realistic thing would be him just being a more willing passer and him being more willing to – or even when he grabs an offense rebound, instead of putting up two or three more opportunities – kick it out. Like if Mirza's sitting out there, kick it out for a three and get that three rather than uh, really using your physical force and throwing up a couple more that might get blocked, that might not get converted. No, uh, no, he's not going to. He, he, you can't kick it out. Come on. Come on, Eric. You can't kick it out. That I will say that is the one thing that was I thought most remarkable. Like if Greg Monroe has the ball five feet from the basket, inside five feet, it doesn't matter how many they you know there could be eight guys climbing <laughs> up, up you know yeah it's 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 going up um and and i kind of wonder how much of that was this feeling of him not you know he feeling like he didn't needed more touches and feeling like all right you know if I, when i get the ball i'm putting it up um and that's i think what you worry about with him on the roster and if you bring him off the bench is he not going to be happy and is he going to be you know I don't want to say disruptive in the locker room, but just sort of like souring the atmosphere in the locker room. Um, so I don't know. I think it's a tough question, and I think it's an unfortunate question because, uh, you know, as we were saying in previous podcasts, you've got kind of these two guys who, in MCW and Monroe, who, if they were willing to come off the bench, suddenly give you a totally different dimension to your depth that you... Um, don't have if you have to bring kind of traditional more role players type guys off the bench so i guess we'll see uh this is um i you know i think still kind of the most fascinating subplot uh, aside from you know kind of the young guys improvement but um in terms of just sort of the you know locker room politics and things like that i think seeing what happens with greg monroe and his happiness (laughs) in different roles and jason kidd's willingness to put him in different roles i think that'll be a really really interesting thing um okay so we've talked about Plumley and henson and monroe and there's not room for all of these people um anyone else that you think may see minutes at center and of course there are really only two other guys that 
uh, I could see playing any minutes at center, and that would be Thonmaker, who we discussed in the Power Forward podcast, and I will say yeah, point, center. Yeah, point center Giannis. Um, although I'd put a little asterisk on that because I think if Giannis was playing with Toledovic, Jabari, Middleton, and like Delavadova, I'm not sure if Giannis would actually be even defending the center. Like, depending on who it is, they might actually just put Toledovic on him just because he's bigger and kind of burlier. Um, but for the purposes of our discussion, screw it. He's the tallest guy in the court. I want to say point center Giannis. Uh, if you had to guess, do you think you will see more minutes with point center Giannis or center Thonmaker this season? I think I'll go with center Thonmaker. Um, that's not what I want to say. Uh, and, and I think that's one thing that's – for really, I, I just think of Steve at the start of last season. Steve Von Horn kept talking like, man, the one – lineup I really want to see is I want to see Giannis at center that that would be so cool if if Giannis plays center for the Bucks this season it it would just be cool to see how another team would adjust and and I think I agree it would be amazing to see that and I think it's something that all three of us and now with with Steve's departure from basketballdom um you and I have campaigned for it point center Giannis and just center Giannis. And I I would love to see it. I think it would be fascinating. And I think it would be, uh, just a, a tough thing for other teams to try to match up with. Um, but I don't ultimately think we'll see it just cause I mean, we've gone through all these positions and the only time we haven't mentioned Giannis as one of these things is shooting guard. Um, so his, his skills are needed elsewhere on the roster. Um, so I, I don't think we'll see much of it. So even though I don't think we are going to see a ton of fun at center, that limited number, I don't know, a hundred, 200 minutes, um, might be more than we'll see of point center Giannis. I think the one common thread is that both scenarios would be dependent on a center being moved, presumably Monroe. So yeah. I think, I think the that that's just one more reason why uh, we are not so subtly rooting for the Bucks to find a suitor for Greg Monroe because it'll make these sort of existential discussions of the meaning of lineups and how do you how can you ever be happy with a Bucks lineup given the current roster and its weirdness? Um, it'll make all that uh, a little bit easier to do. So why don't we leave it at that? We've wrapped up. If you have anything else to add, feel free. But I feel like we've we've beaten to death the Bucks positional uh, options, the Bucks positional dilemmas, and the different battles that that we're going to see, and some of the weird combinations that Jason Kidd's going to have to decide if he likes or doesn't like. I'd say the only thing I would say is be on the lookout as we get to the season for something fun we might try to do. Like we might try to put together uh, something where we talk about the Bucks rotations and maybe make it possible for listeners and readers to put together their own rotations. Um, I'm not sure we'll figure it out, but I know we'll at least do a written post about it. So I would say uh, if you're listening to this and you also read the site, be sure to check that out. Cause I, I I'd be fascinated to hear what other people think about rotations and how guys should be used and 
how many minutes they play each night and how many of those minutes should be at a certain position. I think they're fascinating discussions to have with Bucks fans that that really care and watch the team and I I'm fascinated by it and maybe that's because I'm super basketball nerdy but I think it's it's fascinating and worthwhile discussions to have we are definitely both super basketball nerdy and uh we're proud to call you our listeners super basketball nerdy as well consider it a compliment so hopefully we'll do that uh I feel like you know coming up with your hypothetical minute distributions for a roster is uh, one of the great pastimes of uh, <laughs> internet conversations around basketball. So um, we'll hopefully find an elegant way to uh, to get people involved and, and maybe do it in a way such that we can aggregate the, the results and see kind of where, where things shake out. And then the real season will happen and it'll be totally different because you never <laughs> know. But anyway, we'll leave it at that. Thanks for sticking with us through our positional previews. Enjoy the weekend and we will be back next week. Take care. Is that the new iPhone? Yeah, got it on T-Mobile. Fastest iPhone deserves America's fastest LTE network. Introducing the amazing iPhone 8. It's the best iPhone yet, now on America's best unlimited network. For a limited time, save up to $300 on the amazing iPhone 8 after 24 monthly bill credits. And now join T-Mobile's iPhone upgrade program for free. Eligible trade-in and finance agreement required. If you cancel service, you may lose promo credits. Contact us for details. Video at 480p. Small fraction of users over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speed. See store for details.